Oh, yes. Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real with Chuck Ludy and the Big Fella. And, uh, well, hasn't this uh, just escalated over the last uh, week or so? Uh, of course, we're up to episode eight. And uh, we have had some amazing guests uh, over the last uh, seven weeks. It has been sensational. And tonight is no exception. Mark my words. But let's get the boys on the phone. Starting off tonight with this man. We're going to go with him first. <laughs> Secretly loving that song. Timmy Ludeman, how are you, big man? Stewie, good to be here. Another week. <laughs> Another week, mate. And uh, tell me, they, they reckon you're copying a fair bit of stick in regards to that little intro song. Is that right? Yeah, a few text messages and a few Facebook messages here and there abusing you, but it's probably warranted. I am only a little bald fella, so. <laughs> I love it, mate. Hey, let's get your uh, partner in crime uh, all the way from Mount Eliza. So hopefully his phones will be better tonight, too. Well... Big Chuck Berry, how are you, big man? Oh, Stewie, for seven weeks I've said I don't like that intro. I love that intro, mate, so I'm going to reverse the whole shit coming because that's magnificent, actually. You do love it. Don't worry about that. I reckon you just sit back every week and you just go, gee, where's the boys to stick on the big show down there in Warnable? Well, we do, mate. Hey, listen, you delivered in spades last week too. Timmy Payne, or I shouldn't say both you blokes, Timmy Payne, uh, friends and stuff, and uh, hasn't that just gone gangbusters? Well, Ludy delivered the goods. He got him on the line, which was a great get. And then I sort of knocked on the door with that story that I'd done a little bit of research. And, well, didn't he just follow through, so to speak? And (laughs) our biggest show yet. I mean, we knocked over a 1,000 listeners this week, which was fantastic. On the back of Tim Payne shooting himself. <laughs> and and Ludy, <laughs> this went to Fox Sports, News.com, ESPN Cricket Info, and even into New Delhi, big fella. It was huge. Hey, Stuart, oh, don't say too much. Cricket tweeted about it. Even Freddie Flintoff on uh, radio, Talkback Radio in the UK, was talking about... Uh, he should be suspended, banned. Worse than the uh, the, uh, the ball tampering situation. He reckons that you should learn that you can go off the field when you're 11 years old to go for a pee or a poo. Yeah, but not when you're going to win the Ashes. You cannot leave the track. I, I reckon he copped a lot of uh, admiration, didn't he, Chuck, on uh, social media circles? Yeah, well, there was a bit of shit for it, no pun intended, but I reckon he actually went up in a lot of people's estimations to say that he wouldn't leave the field and he was prepared to do whatever it takes to get his team over the line, which might be a good segue for you, Stewie, because I reckon tonight, when you text me to tell me the guest you've organised tonight, I hope this big fella's got some stories to tell. I just think he might have. Oh, this bloke is an absolute superstar. Have a listen to this song, OK? He broke the, uh, he broke the bench press record. That's right. In the Brisbane Lions gym... Way back in 2007, I reckon. And uh, this was the song that was playing when he smashed through that pain barrier. And uh, speaking of the great man, Big Bad Jonathan Brown, how are you, big fella? Hello, boys. That's right. And it was on the second attempt, Stewie, which makes it even better. 157 and a half. 157 and a half? That's huge. I wouldn't be able to do 100 now, but uh, I did, mate. I had that in the background and did the boys lift. Even Lisa was in there cheering me on. (laughs) 
Do you know, this, this is a true story. I actually had to, as part of an outside broadcast here a couple of years ago, there was a gym opened up in town and they had this big thing. Yeah, the big fella's going to bench press and they're all laughing and all that kind of stuff. I bench all right, boys. I got to 95 kilos and they were gobsmacked. They couldn't work it out. They were shaking their heads, the big muscled men walking around the gym. And they were blown out of the water that day. That was only a couple of years ago. Brownie, it's a great feeling, isn't it, when you just bust out a couple of reps? Get a couple of reps. Yeah, well, back in the uh, early days of the Brisbane Lions, when I got there, I was coached by the shot put coach of Australia. So <laughs> he just, he wasn't worried about doing 800s and 1K time trials and all that stuff. He just wanted to... <laughs> He just wanted to push Tim in the gym and uh, as much as we possibly could. And you had some big boys. You had Mel Michael and Alistair Lynch, Justin Lepage, the Scott brothers, Pikey. Actually, Martin Pike was the best. I, well, he used to only come in and do a bench press. He'd do about three bench presses, but he put the weights belt on. Remember the big weights belt? You'd strap it on and he'd have chalk all over him. He'd be in there for an hour and a half. He'd only do three lifts. For the- <laughs> he'd just tell our war stories. Ludie, I could, I could imagine Chuck back in the days of the Vic boys wearing the old, uh, the old belt around in the gym. That's how he'd be strutting in there, wouldn't he? Oh, oh, mate, Chuck man. didn't see any gyms during his time. Don't worry about that. He was the pie eater. Now, I was useless. Absolutely useless, big fella. And they say you're supposed to be able to lift your own weight. So, I mean, you said you only got to 95 kilos. You were about 40 kilos more. <laughs> I was useless. You know what I hated? The chin-ups. Chin-ups, the boys. And Matthew Winnis, who's now the fitness advisor at the Western Bulldogs, mate, he used to pump out about 30 chin-ups. I'm not joking. I couldn't do three. I was useless in the gym. Yeah. Could swat, the other could worst, swat Chuck, I oh, Couldn't chin up, Brownie. The other worst. Yeah, I, uh, they, they used to be bloody hard for the hard for the big boys, Chuck. Yeah, I'm so going to let you a little bit extra weight. I'm going to let you in a little. Ass. Yeah, the blokes with the big ass, which obviously mm. Chuck and myself have, and, and big fella, I reckon they'll throw you in that category as well. <laughs> the boys with big asses. <laughs> It doesn't help on the chin-up. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to Agreed. let you in on a little secret. I found about uh, seven or eight years ago, I did a fitness challenge, and uh, it was CrossFit, and they had these bands. So you put your legs in the bands, and it kind of helps you. It assists you do the chin-ups. Uh, and I never look back on the chins after that. You just kind of slowly, <laughs> slowly work yourself up, and uh, you start off with a band on each leg, then you take one off, and then you go down a little size in the band, and you finally get there, and you're belting out chins like you wouldn't believe. But I, I'm I'm telling you, boys, we've had some big guests, but it doesn't get much bigger than Big J Brown, you two. No, very excited. And listen, that's enough, Stewie. Enough about you. we got Brownie on to talk about him, not about you. <laughs> <laughs> what, about, what about the assisted chins, boys? That's like doing, that's like doing push-ups on your knees. Mate, <laughs> on, do not on, knock Stewie. it until you come try on. it, okay? I'm not telling a lie. You go in there. Really? <laughs> you work yourself up to it, boys. <laughs> now, listen, Brownie, this show... Right, this show is all about, you know, we know you won the three premierships. We know you're a superstar off the ground now. You know, you're just a, a, you've been an absolute uh, icon of the game. We want to, you know, we want to delve to places, you know, you possibly haven't delved. And, you know, we've got a lot of mutual friends down here in Warnable Browning. We've done a little bit of digging during the week. I want to get to this story first. And I can remember this story. Oh, and shit. Slab Day, okay, just explain, Brownie, what yeah. Slab Day is for, for Chuck and Ludie that might not have ever heard of Slab Day. 
Well, Slab Day started uh, about 20-odd years ago, and it was just um, myself and my group of mates. With a mixture of ages, isn't there? Even Jordan Lewis's old man's in there. So there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a gap in ages. Um, and we just, well, the premise of the day really is to, you've got to bring a slab and uh, try and work your way through it. And uh, so really, it's as simple as that. <laughs> it's it's claimed a few casualties along the way, Stewie. There's been a few boys that have raised the back. <laughs> now this is where this is where I want to go, Brownie. Okay, I just you yeah. segue there beautifully. There, you know, you're in, you're a radio star now. You know how to segue things, uh, Brownie. Take us back to Mickey Struce place. Uh, <laughs> Mickey Struce got a. Let's. I'm going to paint this picture, and you might think I'm joking yeah. here, but Mickey Struth has got a 25 foot balcony, and Brownie, that is fair to give it's, it's a 20, big bastard. I'm not sure it's even legal, is it? Oh, I don't think it is legal. That's why we've got to be a little bit careful here. But it's at least yeah. 25 foot off the ground. Take us back to that slab day and tell us what happened. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad we've got the cricketing boys on because it was a very famous day. It was the day of the SCG uh, first day of the SCG test. <laughs> I think it was about 2003, and um, Steve War, of course, had been in a, a horror a horror run with the bat, and he was still captain of the Australian Q team at that stage. Um, but he came out on the, that day, the first day at the SCG test, and I think it was either in the Nashes or against South Africa, and he scored 100 off the last ball of the day. If you remember that, boys, at the SCG. It was, it was in England, I reckon, yep. It was England, and so obviously we'd set into the day, and we, we turned up with our slab, and I had me slab of cow. But no, I had me slab of crownies that day, and I chipped away, and I was in good form, boys. It was a beautiful day, going beautifully, and, and haven't we haven't we been given a <clears throat> given a kick when Steve Waugh's just knocked one through covers and raised the bat on the last ball of the day? Well, we were supercharged after that, and you just couldn't stop us. Like fair thing, I reckon I could have drank three slabs that day. But I got to any <laughs> shotguns, any shotguns, Brownie. When he got the ton, did he have a few shotguns coming up? There was there was a there was a couple of quick ones. We ripped a couple of quick ones in, and um, the so you know, travelling beautifully at this stage, probably about uh, eight or nine in the evening, and uh, I come to my twenty fourth, and uh, still in reasonable shape at this stage, <laughs> and my big mate Muggsy. I'm not sure, Stewie. You know him pretty well, and I don't think yes. he's that happy about that. I was about to get get through the 24 barrier and just continue on beautifully. Uh, he decided that he and we'd sort of been mucking around as mates do a bit of banter was going on, and Muggsy decided to spear tackle me. Um, he's run from one side of the balcony to the other and just sort of test his masculinity out and spear tackle me. Unfortunately, he spear tackled me straight through the uh, balcony. Over the balustrade. <laughs> and, and, and boys, and, uh, I'm, I've got to paint this. And he, I'm not telling a lie. Yeah. It is a minimum of 25-foot drop, this balcony, to the grass, to the grassy knoll, isn't it, Brandy? It, it, was, it, was, it was unbelievable. So I, I came down. Muggsy had come down as well. The last thing I remember, we were halfway down, and we must have clipped the guttering on the way, and, uh, <laughs> and I've landed in the garden beside a sandstone block, probably missed miss my head by a foot. Muggsy's landed on top of me, and, and I'm out cold. <clears throat> the next thing I can remember is about 10 blokes standing around me, and they said, an ambulance is on the way. So, geez, haven't I stood to attention then? I've jumped up out, 
out of the ground and uh, I quickly shot through and, and got out of there back to Muggsy's place because I didn't want any attention around it. Um, mm. And then uh, the next minute, I've gone back to Muggsy's place and I was pretty crook, boys. I was pretty sore. And next minute, I get a, we get a knock on the <clears throat> knock on the door from the old man. He's got wind and a force the balcony and taking me to hospital. So... At this stage, I'm starting to really panic and probably thinking, shit, this is not a good story. We've just won, I think we've won two premierships. If this gets back to Brisbane, I'll get my ass kicked by lethal. So we go and they do all the tests and I get put in hospital for the night. And it was the St. John, St. John of God's Hospital where mum was a nurse at. Yes. So I knew all the back entrances. So I waited two or three hours till they did all the observation. They worried about internal bleeding. Obviously, I had a couple under my belt, boys, um, and mm. still panicking at this stage. So, <clears throat> unbelievably and very irresponsibly, not proud of this, um, I waited till the room was clear and I unhooked myself and um, I exited the hospital out the back exit and snuck off to a mate's place and hid there for the night. <laughs> and and I was this, that is a true story. And I was talking to that mate who happened to be your ex boxing coach at the time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and he, he he said he, he described that story exactly like that. You've pulled all the uh, the cords and all that kind of stuff out, and you've you rang him just after midnight and said, "I can't let the Brisbane Lions get hold of this story. I need to get out of there." And uh, that mm. you did. You stayed, I think, at his house. Uh, yeah, I did. And he even elaborated that there was a number that kept ringing uh, on the phone, and you were out to it that night. And uh, anyway, Rude ended up uh, answering the phone, and I reckon that might have been uh, your lovely wife, who was only uh, you were kind of just courting her at the time. Well, just that's right, I was courting her, and uh, obviously after that night, when she realised I fell fell off the balcony, when I was halfway through my twenty four stubby, she was probably starting to have doubts very early on in the relationship <laughs> whether she should be going out with this lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> and, can I, and, and I don't want to, but I just can you just go to the fact that you know you, you had a couple of crack ribs and stuff, mate, and you didn't want lethal yeah. to know. Uh, you had to front back up to training, and you train with uh, with crack ribs for a couple of weeks. Is that right? Well, yeah, I, I, sort of, I've broken one of the ribs and cracked another one, and so we get back to Brisbane. I'd half my face missing because uh, you know that's obviously hit, hit something on the way down, maybe the gutter. So you know that was all scratched. So. Obviously, when you turn up the first day of after Christmas, what's going on? What's happened, big fella? I said, well, I've fallen off my bike. So that was the story I ran with. <laughs> told the videos, told all my teammates. <laughs> but I had a very good relationship with Lee, and I was I just finished my warm-up lap for the first session. I'm thinking, how am I going to get through this? Because I was bloody sore. And Lethal comes over to me and he goes, what happened? And... The shark, he had those fearsome eyes, those dark, <laughs> beady eyes, and they were just staring at me. And I had a close relationship with him, and I thought, shit, I can't lie to him, but I'll tell him the truth, and um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll sort of be able to get through it. I'll tell him the truth. I won't tell him about the ribs until right at the end. I'll just gently ease him into it. <laughs> so he said, what happened? I said, mate. Well, what happened was I had a barbecue with my mates and we had a few stubbies. Now, I didn't tell him the exact number, but I said we'd had a big day. So we got excited. <laughs> Steve War made the ton. And I said, I got tackled off the balcony by me, mate. And, you know, I've hurt myself. I've scratched my face. And I was just about opening my mouth and saying, I've also broken a couple of ribs, Lee. And he cut me off and he said, ah. I said, look, I haven't told anyone. I've lied to everyone else, but I've got to tell you the truth. And he goes, mate. 
That's fine. That's fine. He goes, secret safe with me. As long as you don't miss a training session for the next month, secret safe with me. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I never had the guts to tell him that I had broken ribs. Not to train for the next month in full contact training. <laughs> that is uh, unbelievable. It was, it, was it was the hardest month in my life. It was unbelievable. So um, yeah, I still remember on the back of that, I was so crooked that I, I lived on painkillers for about eight weeks so I could get to sleep every night and get through training that... I remember we played Essendon in round one and I was so constipated from all the painkillers I didn't go to the toilet for I didn't go to the toilet for six days and the night before the game the doctor said, Right mate, if you haven't gone to the toilet in the morning, game day, you have to come and see me. So on the Saturday morning before we played Essendon that night, I had to go to the doctors to get a fucking enema eight hours before a game of football. <laughs> Oh. We went going to shit town again. <laughs> oh, well, it's the opposite, isn't it? No. Big fella, it's the opposite oh. of last week. Last week we had a bloke that couldn't hold on, and we got Brown that couldn't get it out. Oh. Unbelievable. It was, it, was, uh, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. So that was, it was a, just an absolute debacle. But anyway, we got through it, boys. Thank God we, uh, we actually won the premiership that year, so not a great start to the season. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, it's hard to follow up from that, but I mean, I did some research today with a few former teammates for the younger generations. Um, I won't name any names, but Buchanan's, they're mad. Um, Good cricketers. The first thing he said to me to ask Brownie was ask him about the Bali postseason footy trip that ended up in Sydney. No, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is... <laughs> and I spoke about this on radio. And I remember, um, well, we a few of us decided to go on the footy trip. There was about ten of us, and there was a couple of stragglers from other clubs. And Fraser Gary came along from St Kilda, and a, a couple of others. And the plane got held up in Sydney. And as you do, we had a couple of beers in the bar, and you know, and we got a bit excited. And then we thought the thought the service was a bit tardy on the on the flight over, so the boys hooked into the duty-free and took matters upon themselves, and things just got a little bit loose, um, and we're pulling into our, we're pulling into Bangkok Airport, and they said, <laughs> when we get to the gate, everyone remains seated, and I'm thinking, oh, geez, what's going on here? So we're standing there, sitting at the gate, thinking, what the hell's going on? Next minute, about 15 military police board the plane, and I've turned around, I thought... Gee, some, some bastards brought joke, drugs on the plane. They're in strife here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting beside Fraser Gary. We're the first two to get grabbed and dragged off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so about oh, about eight of us were dragged off. And um, so we got in strife. And we, so we had to stay in the Bangkok in the... Oh, geez, it was, the, it was the immigration part of the airport for the night. And they sent us back on the next flight back to Sydney. <laughs> So it was, uh, it was an unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So we flown, we flown from Sydney to Bangkok, stayed the night at Bangkok Airport, and then flown us back to Sydney. And so our grand plan was, our grand plan was right. What we'll do is we'll just stay in Sydney for five days, and no one will know any difference. No one knows who footballers are in Sydney, and then we'll just go back to Brisbane and just say, "How hey, was Thailand? Yeah, it was a great trip. Had a good time." No one will ever find out. So we're going beautifully. We go the first 24 hours and we're enjoying ourselves. We're staying in Manly. We're going to the pub thinking, how good is this? We're, it's like we're international fugitives. And um, <laughs> we're going beautifully. And then the second day, 
The second day, we go past the news agents, and they always get the paper 24 hours later. And uh, But this news agency got the Herald Sun on the same day. And I thought, oh, we'll just go and check the Herald Sun, make sure there's nothing in the Herald Sun. We walk in. We walk in on the front page of the Herald Sun is a picture of Fraser Garrick and yourself and these palm trees from Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> and about seven, uh, seven mug shots. So uh, oh. from uh, from all the boys, seven headshots. The boys' footballers' headshots. So it's fair to say the story was up, and uh, and that that was it. So we got in a bit of strife over that one, boys. Chuck. <laughs> well, I'm going to straighten up, and uh, boys, before I just. Brown. There's no story to this one. I mean, I tried to get Alistair Lynch today to get some stuff, but didn't get much. But I tried to tell Brownie this 12 years ago, and he sort of blew me off this night. Brownie was at the top of his powers. Merv and myself, Merv Hughes and myself, had finished our careers. We'd been invited to Port Ferry to do a sportsman's night. And Brownie's flying, you know, he's the king of the world. And Merv and I, there's two old actors looking to suck some piss. And we finished up in Roddy Wearmouth's pub, and I reckon we nearly got our heads bashed in that night at our Port Ferry. But I just wanted to reminisce, Brownie, if I could, because as a young boy, I was actually a Fitzroy supporter. And I think I told you this that night full of piss. My old yeah. man, my dad and your grandfather, uh, Corker, and I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm gathering the old Corker's not still with us, is he? No, no, Corker passed away 10 years ago, and everyone knew Corker, but I remember you talking about this on the night. Absolutely. Yeah, well, there's no funny story about it at all, boys, but I just loved it because I used to remember Brownie's old man, I'm probably showing my age, Sammy Brown in the back pocket with the number two on his back down there from a man right. You know him well if you, if you call him Sammy. That was his nickname growing up. Sammy <laughs> Brown, at, uh, and my old man and Corker become good mates in one of the coterie groups at the Junction Oval, just to paint the picture, Corker's invited my mum and dad and myself uh, down to the family farm. Now, where is that, Brownie? Beach Forest or something? Where was it? Yeah, it was um, yeah, just near Lavers Hill, but yeah, it was Brown Beach Forest, yeah. yeah. Lavers Hill. We went down there, <laughs> mum, dad and myself, and I was only a primary school kid, I reckon, thinking back on it. So Brownie's not born at this stage. And uh, mm. uh, Sammy Brown, Corker, and then mate Brownie, there would have been 10 blokes, and we went out spotlighting this night. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I, I've, never, <laughs> I've never seen so many rabbits go down that night in the middle of the whole shitting myself with your old man. But, you know, that's my little state at Corker's farm. I remember getting up, and, uh, you know, it was so out of character for me. Anyway, boys, I tried to share that with Brownie 12 years ago, and he looked at me like I had two heads, like, Piss, Chuck, that's a shit story. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to remember the yeah, how, how, uh, how good were they he's, he's a legend Corker Brown in that area and uh, apparently most people at the Fitzroy games had know Corker and he was just yep. uh, I'm not sure if you've met him before Stewie but he was just a life of the party and had many great times with, uh, with Corker growing up and um, he uh, spent plenty of time they sold the farm when I was pretty young and they retired to Marimbula uh, him, okay. and, uh, him and Nana, and they, they played golf and bowls up there, and he's a big part of the community. But And then he got involved in all the kids' weddings, you know. So when we all got married, he'd get up and do a speech. And I remember the night um, me and Kylie got married at the Brisbane Lions. It was at the Gabba, actually. And uh, all the boys were going up and hitting him up if they could if you could come and write the speeches out of their weddings when they got married. <laughs> <laughs> what a legend. The, the whole family, him. though, like on both sides of your family, Brownie, like um, you know, your mum's yeah. and your dad's side, uh, there's just some characters, isn't there? It's uh, it's an amazing yeah, family. 
Well, the Muggerman's got the family as well. You know, the, you've got, you know, obviously dad played footy and he was the only son in the, in the family and, and he was zoned to Fitzroy even though he had to leave home, I think in year eight or year nine to go to St. Pat's because there was no high school in the Lavis Hill area. But, and then on, on the other side, mum's brother Noel Muggerman played for um, Fitzroy and Richmond and mum's sister married Billy Picken, the great Billy Picken, of course. So mm. it's a long line and long family history there and, and I'm actually lucky. We're talking about uh, Lee Matthews before. We're gonna, actually, I've got a fair bit. Lee's had a big connection with my life because the day that Dad met Mum, where Dad was playing on Lee Matthews at Junction Oval, Dad wow. was in the back yep. pocket as as uh, Chuck was saying, Sammy Brown, and he used to play in the back pocket. And he played on Lee Matthews a fair bit, and I think this might have been the only time that he got three votes in a Brownlow medal. And wow. this is also the this is also the day that Noel Muggerman had invited his sister along to watch the footy, and and, and the old man's uh, she was obviously impressed by the old man's performance uh, that day when he, he probably would have got the award in the aftermatch. So <laughs> it's fair to say I've, I've got a lot to thank Lee Matthews for, boys. The old man hadn't got a kick that day. I don't reckon I'd be sitting here talking to you. <laughs> if we had a townie, mum, that would have been it. Mary would have been on the first bus back home. She would have said, "Oh yeah, would have gone." That's yeah, unreal. So it, was, uh, it goes back a long way, yeah. Hey, Brownie, I want to talk about this story. This is another little uh, local folklore story, boys. Uh, and I just want to get uh, – I'm just going to set the scene again here. Uh, we've got like a uh, – opposite KFC here in Warrnambool. Uh, Ludie, you'd remember this spot. There's like a little civic green. Uh, and anyway, one weekend – I can't remember what happened. I remember it being spread across the front page of the local paper down here. The Gypsy Jokers – uh, come to town and uh, they set up kind of base camp, uh, so to speak, on the Civic Green opposite KFC. And it was a pretty big story at the time, and it That's just right. happened. It was true. They were having a run. They yeah, were having a run. a run on the way through to Adelaide. I think yeah. they were having a run on the way through to Adelaide. And uh, Brandy, it, just, I think it might have been a weekend. You were back home here, uh, and uh, you know you, you used to love getting down to the Whalers every now and then. Uh, just, That's right. just tell us about. Uh, <laughs> just tell us about maybe a little bit of fisty cuffs with a few of the gypsy jokers one night upstairs at the whale well it was uh yeah it was um we were home i think i was home in the off season we're training so um it was i'd been training with rude so it's been a fair bit of time in the gym so the hands were pretty sharp at this stage (laughs) 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 and and then yeah we we were there and we must have gotten a bit of there must have been a bit of uh, a bit of trouble going on, and next minute the boys have uh, I don't know. Next minute she's on, she's on. Uh, there's a there's a there's a little altercation that went on, and there might have been. A... <laughs> I think the story goes, the legend goes, that Brownie might have popped three of them. Is that right, Brownie? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know about that. I was, there might be a bit of revisionist history there, but um, <laughs> my brother, my brother might have got one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, did he pop a few? I think it might all come about. The boys might. Have, it might have been just after the Port Adelaide knocked us off in the grand final. So the uh, obviously the boys from Adelaide, the, the, the Jokers, the Gypsy Jokers on the, the Adelaide boys. So they were obviously pretty excited. There might have been a few Port Adelaide supporters amongst them. So yeah, this might have been a little bit of banter. They might have just. Well, I tipped a couple of boys over the edge. Now, I, now Chuck and Ludie, this is the mail I've got, right, Brownie? I used to do a little bit of boxing 
uh, in the gym. I wouldn't. I'm not saying not I'm about you, with Brady, but I used you, no, I used to do a little bit with Jonathan when he was a young kid. And he'd come back he'd, and and very very good at the caper, right? Like just was to be honest, he was a machine. He's a big strong boy, uh, and the the, the well the, the the word is that you might have just dropped three of them, and they weren't too happy. And this is a fair thing, but I want to ask you this because they had to kind of usher you out the back door because the boys weren't too happy. <laughs> Now, any truth to the rumour that they were riding up and down Lyming Street on their Harleys, <laughs> popping shotguns in the air? Is that any... <laughs> Here we go. I don't, I don't know about that. By that stage, I'll slip down the back door and honey. <laughs> and just to add one more little finishing touch, the boys, the Gypsy Jokers, you know, obviously realised who the big unit was and uh, weren't too happy about, uh, you know, a few of their boys getting sorted out by the great men. Is it true that Martin Pike had to step in, mate, because he might have had a few friends in the Jokers just to kind of back off the big... No, no, I, no, I can't say that. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that one. That might have been just a little bit of poetic license on the end. Uh, <laughs> I, might have made a, I, might have made call, I might have made a phone call to Butch Smith, though. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I might need a bit of help here, big fan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chuck. Butch is... Bush has got a few what, what connections I've... over the border, so he's just saying to What I've learned tonight, what I've learned in this 20 minutes with Brownie is, I reckon it's good that he got out of Warrnambool because it's only trouble when he comes home. <laughs> oh, mate. Honestly, oh, I think we're only scratching the surface. <laughs> We've had some funny days, haven't we? Did you? Oh, mate, well, I'm just going to... I know, Ludy, you've got a few more in Chuck as well, but Brandy, this, you know, Brandy was a very good cricketer, you two. Like, very good left-arm bowler, good bat, young kid, played in a premiership, uh, Wesley CBC. Any truth to the rumour too, mate, you rocked up the Mad Monday in the school uniform and sat up drinking pots? <laughs> no, that didn't, that didn't happen. But we did win a premiership and... Uh, and I, was, I think I was 15. Wesley Service won that. I think it was the last. Was that the last flag, Stewie? Yes. I'm not sure if it was their, their last flag. And uh, 97, it was 97-98, we knocked over Nestles. And, um, yeah, the Mad Monday was down the Max Hotel. So I might have been able to slip away for a couple of hours. Because Dad was the coach. So even though Dad was still... And a teacher. <laughs> and I remember, a vice principal. I, I, remember, I remember going into the pub... <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and, the, and we went down to the uh, the Kelly Hotel, the publican Damien Gleeson, who we absolutely loved. <laughs> Damien knew I was in probably, well, he probably knew I, you know, maybe shouldn't have been in there. And Damien said, well, big fella, can you at least take your school tie off? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, How did the friend oh, that if the fuzz come in? Oh no! Just, just... <laughs> oh, Ludy, what have you got for us, mate? Ah, oh, Stewie, that's a bit of a touchy subject because that's against the old club vessels. And the only thing I got told about that game was that there was a ball nicked a second slip that bounced four times before it got to Brownie, and he claimed it. Oh yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> 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 You'd do anything to beat Nestles, wouldn't you, Brandy? Uh, that was, uh, I tell you what, that was it was pretty fiery, that game. Jeez, it was fiery, because I remember um, the start of the game, and, and Rod Ryan and Lee Mars were our captains, and they ca- captained like, you know, like it was a footy team, and Dad was the coach. <laughs> and uh, I remember, because you know, Rodney Ryan played in the premiership for Nestles, 
before he came to Wesley CBC. And uh, and I remember the first morning, and he just walked down to the ground. He said, "Righto, let's give it to these so and so's." Uh, and and obviously all the nestles sort of brass are up on the uh, balcony there, and so geez, they were not happy at all. And uh, anyway, we 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 might have we might have made a decent score. And I remember I was opening the batting, and Gary McLean. The great Beezer McLean, who was legend and quick. <laughs> yeah, legend. He, lost his, he legend. lost his run up. He bowled the ball from behind the, the popping crease, his first ball. And then I, I nearly got done LBW because I was just in shock. <laughs> and he, he feared him, lost his run up for the day in the grand final. He was bowling balls from behind the umpire nearly. It was that bad. <laughs> the, the Ian Baker Finch. <laughs> it, it was. It was yeah, it was astonishing. So something happened in his rhythm and his timing. But anyway, later in the day, uh, Rude came out to bat and he had he, they, he got out. Uh, you know, he made a few runs and he, he, his wicket fell. And as he was walking off, Peter Herbert, I think Herbie was the president at this stage. He's yelled out to Rude. He's giving him a mouthful on the way off. <laughs> and Rude's gone in and you could hear this banging going on in the rooms. Well, Rude's taken the pads off and the, and the bat, dropped the bat, the gloves over it. He's come out in the spikes. He's walked straight out of the change rooms, walked over up into the umpire's rooms, which was Nestle's club rooms, and him and Herbie went toe-to-toe on the balcony. The president! President and captain! <laughs> president and captain! <laughs> true story. Comes, true comes story. Back and, and Dad said to him, "You're all right, mate." He goes, "Yeah, but I probably should have taken my spikes off." Because <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't get a grip on the wooden hardwood hardwood floor. Wooden cut lunches. So it was, uh, but that was so that was there was a lot of feeling. That never been to his captain, and there were some great players in that team. And, and uh, yeah, we won the premiership. So wonderful memories. Some great memories there, Brownie. And, uh, boys, we're going to break the record tonight, which is great, because this is sensational. Our listeners are going to love having Jonathan Brown on. We normally try and go for an hour, but we're going to have Brownie, I reckon, for an hour. I'm going to finish my segment, Brownie. And you know on the radio, I mean, I've got teenage kids driving them to school. They, they love listening to Chrissy, Sam and Brownie. When I told them tonight, I've got Jonathan Brown on, but they got no idea you actually played footy. They just think you're that popular <laughs> <laughs> on the radio. It's gold. I love it. It is. Uh, it's unbelievable. They just recognise me through the voice. The, the voice. So I, what I've, I've got 10 quickies with Chuck, and you, you never shirked any issues, and I'm going to ask you a couple of... Uh, they won't, they're not uh, controversial, but you just got to give me the answer to one name. I'm going to give you two things. I'll start with a very easy one. Uh, fish and chips or hamburgers? Oh, probably good fish and chips, Chuck. Yeah. Right, now we'll get serious. Oh, the, the, bloke, uh, the bloke around the corner from our joint's bloody hopeless. He should be out of business. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> in Melbourne, obviously, big fella, not even warnable. <laughs> yeah, in Melbourne. I'm not going to say the name of the business. God almighty. That's a little cardboard. No good. Just a quick air. I'll fire through them. So we won't discuss. You just give me the answer straight yeah. off the top. What comes? Leper or Mel Michael? Oh, probably Leper. Yeah. Akamanis or Lynch? Different players, but Lynch. Lynch was in the eye over his number growing up. Thought it took. Uh, I thought that would be a lot quicker. A Dermy or Duck? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> I, think, uh, I, think I know you love Dermy. Duck, yeah, duck, right? I, I, think, uh, I think all around, uh, Duck was 
Duck is the best player I've seen. Yeah, good We call. might talk about that after you've gone the Senar Fords. Uh, this is one I reckon. Oh, I'm going to like this answer. Simon Black or Nigel Lappin? Oh. Tough question. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's tough. That, uh, I'm going to dead eat that one, boys. Yeah, good call. Right. Right. If you had to put Voss in there, I'd give Voss in a head bobber against those two. But yeah, Lappin and Black are unbelievable. Right, yeah. I'll throw Voss in the next one, which will probably win the vote. Voss or Luke Hodge? Voss. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I oh, and I love Hodge, but, but the benefit of playing with playing with the, the players, you see what goes on beyond the scenes. Yeah, their work <laughs> ethic and all that kind of stuff, isn't yeah. it? And just the toughness uh, he played. I've never seen a man play with so many injuries. Yep, yep. Uh, he was unbelievable. Inspirational, tough, great leader. Uh, Buckley or Heard? This one gets talked mm. about a lot. Buckley or Heard? Yeah, it's a, it's a good one, isn't it? Heard, probably because he just had that X factor. Um, it's got nothing to do with the premierships, but yeah, I just think he could go forward and, and change a game in Kick another goals. role other than... Other, other than yeah, you know, just being a midfielder at Buckley was. And he'd go centre half back on it too, couldn't he? You know, behind the yeah, footy. And, yeah, know. yeah. Only a couple, only a couple left on ten with Chuck. Uh, Chrissy or Pang? Oh. oh, Chrissy, Chrissy every day of the week. She makes me breakfast. She looks after me. She, she, she's unbelievable. Any just Pang, on pa- Pang, Pang doesn't Pang doesn't turn up to it. Peng doesn't turn up to work till seven o'clock. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. This, uh, Peng, he just he's on a different kind of level to you, Mike. Isn't he? he just he rocks in when he wants. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. He beats to his own drum, but he, he does a great job. And uh, he, he's as an his star, uh, his stars just skyrocketed since he he used to he had a car only ten years ago. Ten years ago, called the the the, um, the Velvet Fog. It was a purple. It was an old purple. Um, shit box, and he was going that bad in his life that he had to get in the car through the boot. No way! He was going that bad. So anyway, I tell you what, he's, he's we reckon that his partner Adriana is um, she's like buying it. She bought into Bitcoin early because. She bought into Pang when Pang wasn't worth anything. Love it. That one get us off track. I'll finish up with the boxing, so I know you love it. And uh, old Rude down there's done a bit with the cricketers in his time. But uh, just on the boxing, two to finish, uh, Alistair Lynch or Wakeland? Oh. Oh. No, no fight there, no. mate. None of them went in a punch. No, they did fresh airies. It was a bit oh, like my got, batting. Got... Lynchy's, Lynchy's boxing was like my batting. A lot of swinging, not much connection. <laughs> oh, yeah. I still remember, boys. Don't, don't you remember that? Obviously, the 2004 grand final when um, Lynchy and Darrell Waken went toe to toe, and Lynchy gave him a cold. That was about it. But he threw a truckload and. And uh, and then afterwards, I think Shane Wakeland, you know, Port Adelaide Burst, and Shane Wakeland must have said some comments in the paper the next day, and, and uh, it was in the Herald Sun. It really it blew up, it was back page. Um, so we had, a, you know, a few beers, obviously, drowned our sorrows, and on the way to the airport the next day, Pikey's up the back of the bus, and he's reading the article, and he's fuming. He had steam coming out of his ears. So he rang the Herald Sun sports desk from the bus <laughs> for a writer reply. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, his, and his comment was, 
Those Wakeland boys sleep with the light on <laughs> and in bunk beds. Oh, it was unbelievable. And that made the back page the next day. So. Yeah, what a ten, ten quickies with Chuck took a bit longer than I thought. I'll finish up with how much money would it take, Browning, for you to get in the ring with Mike Tyson? Oh no, you wouldn't. You'd be mad too, mate. Oh jeez, after seeing him the other day, oh, oh, no. you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I reckon it'd take eight figures. Yeah, Brownie, it's always been like kind of bandied around with yourself, mate. You had some really bad, heavy, you know, hits in that late in your career, and you got a lot of metal in the face and all that kind of stuff. You're not going to have a box now, are you, mate? Let's be honest. No, no, I've lost, I've lost all motivation. It was good. It was really. I'll tell you what, I loved doing the marathon last year. Um, I did New York Marathon as a great physical challenge, but. Yeah, I've lost, you know, I've got no motivation to sort of, you know, get in the ring or test myself physically like that. Like, I love putting the gloves on and, and keeping fit, but, you know, it, was, it served a great purpose while I was playing footy. I, I was always a guy that was a bit, um, I struggled with my leg speed and my sharpness. So Rod Ryan was, you know, probably arguably, you know, the, the most important part of my career from a conditioning point of view. Yeah. The way he just sharpened me feet up and, and made me really believe that I could outwork my opponent. <clears throat> and obviously, you know, you, 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 you become, you know, pretty decent with the gloves as well uh, along the lines. But it just served a really good purpose for 15 years. And it, if I hadn't done that, I would have been half the player I was. And, and you know, I'll give you a little story. Uh, you know, in the gym back in the day, it used to be an old tin shed, didn't it, uh, Brownie? Like it was just an old crappy shed yeah. at the back. It used to yeah, be just one on one boxing and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, you know, you'd get yeah. in there, boys, and, and a hot day, like a 35 degree day, it'd be like about 55 degrees in this tin shed, especially when Brownie was back home over summer. There was like a little record. There's up downs where you're on the ground, your chest, your whole feet are on the ground, you bounce up onto your two feet, you just go whack, whack, one, two, down you go again. Mm. And you try and get your max. I think the record in the gym, and there's some good little boxes and some fit little boxes I'm talking about, like little people. Mm. I think the record mm. was something like 32 in a row. Brandy done 58 one day. Isn't that right, big fella? Mm. Yeah, I remember it was, we were, I'd always spend about four to six weeks with Rude every off season um, just to get myself as sharp as I possibly could. And, and he really, you know, I guess that you know over the course of a few pre-seasons, you build a. Like, yeah, I guess you learn your pain tolerance. You can cope with a lot more than you thought you could when you're 18. You obviously become a lot more harder of the mind as you start to get into your early 20s, and and a big part of that was you know, Rod just had a uh, Rod just had an unbelievable uh, perception of where you were where you were, and just being able to just push you through that barrier each time without killing you. And uh, and it was like these up downs used to be big, and I liked doing burpees, but you had to do combinations in between. And, and this day that yeah, it was about I would have been thirty five degrees. I thought I was going to die. I remember lying on the on the oh. floor after it after doing about fifty eight, and I sitting reckon I could see my heart bursting out, of, about to burst out of my chest. But it was I, I just think you know in competitive sport to be able to go into to go into battle and look at your opponent and think, geez, I don't reckon he would have been doing that in the off season. You know, it was a big yeah. 
driver of your belief. Yeah, no, no, spit coming out the, the face of Brownie, and uh, it's just it was the work ethic. That was the thing that I always remember of you, big fella, just the way you worked. Uh, and I reckon you showed and paved the way for a lot of local kids kind of coming through, you know, your Jordan Lewis's, your Brent Maloney's, a lot of those yep. blokes. I yep. honestly really believe they thought, geez, you know, look, as they all started going to Roods, they started going to boxing to do that little bit extra. Even Jay Rantel just recruited last year. He'd been doing a lot of sessions with Rude. So yeah. I reckon you paved the way for that, mate. Yeah, it was good because Rude, so it started back when I was, uh, I think, 14. Um, and, you know, I, I think I might have missed the rep squad, Matty, and, um, you know, in, in football. And and I'd, I was playing senior cricket young, and, and, and Rod Ryan, as I said, Rude and uh, Lee Maris had become the, the club captains in cricket and they said to me do you want to come and start doing the gym so I was a skinny young fella so three mornings a week you know I'd go in and knock on mum, mum and dad's bedroom and you know at five thirty, six in the morning and cold winter's day mum would drive me into action in the old action gym there in Warrnambool and, <laughs> yes, um, and I'd, I'd pump weights three mornings a week with my career captains and, and that's really where it all started from Rude and then it just sort of gradually morphed into a Pretty a full on gin like it is now. He trains professional boxers. Um, so, uh, and I was really proud that you know you would see the footballers after me coming through, and you go into Roots Gym and you'd see the boys training there. And you know you still see guys. I think Marbio Chole, the Richmond player, yeah. was down there over Christmas. And so I'm really proud to have played a small part in that. That you know me and Rude really started together, along with Lee Maris, just doing morning workouts, and that's how it all started. <clears throat> awesome stuff. Hey, listen, mate, we've got a quiz before we let you go, big fella. And it's all yep. thanks to... Oh. oh, yes. The all-new Nissan Warrior. And I know you know Big Clinton Bolsh well. Isn't he a superstar? Big Bolshy. He's a good man, mate. How's he, how's he going? Mate, he's going super at the moment, the big fella, and uh, they have got sensational deals on the, uh, the Nissan Warrior, mate. End of financial year deal. So much so, Chuck and Looney, the one I was driving yep. around last week, they sold yes, it mate. from under me, big fella. It has been <laughs> walked out the door. Uh, it yep. is gone. It is gone. So if suspension. If, if, suspension <laughs> in a bit of trouble, though. They had to sort of just down the price a bit, big fella. <laughs> but, uh, just stiffen it up a little bit. <laughs> But, Brady, you are playing for a Nissan Warrior, mate. So, Big Bolshe, he said he'll send one down if he has to. If you defeat, if well, you defeat the great man Chuck Berry tonight. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, though. I'll have to, I'd have to hand back me high luck, Stewie. So oh. have to shut down both. Here we go. <laughs> Right. Well, if you, if you want to Happy drive... To support the local. <laughs> Maybe we put Brian Brown in the, uh, the warrior then, big fella. That's right, we him up. <laughs> so, mate, it's a simple quiz. Your buzzer is your name. You're going to take on Chuck Sarka, and uh, it's going to be all about uh, famous full forwards, you two blokes. Oh, okay. Right Now, Ludy, right. you're going to keep score for me, legend. Done. Okay, mate, bear with us. Bear with us. Question number one. Just test your buzzers, boys. Chuck. Brownie. Yeah, beautiful. Love it. Love it. Right. Question number one. Plugger is the AFL, VFL leading goal kicker of all time. Who was second? Brownie. Brownie. Gordon Coventry. Yeah, well done, big fella. Gordon Coventry, of course. So how many goals, boys? Roughly. 12.99. That's it. That is it, big fella. I reckon, uh, was it 13.60 for Plugger? 
1360, sorry, yeah, for Pogo. Yeah, yeah. 1350. Was it 1359 or 1360? Yeah. Yeah. Well, 1360. Righto. Question number two. That is score check, please, Ludy. That is one zip round. <laughs> Right, question number two. Hey, Brady, we can, come... <laughs> we can come and do this on uh, the Chrissy Sam and Brady show if you want, mate, if you're looking for the quiz masters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> question number two. Where does Jonathan Brown sit on that list? Oh, come on, Brady, surely you know this. I've got no yeah. idea. Chuck. Have a go, Brady. Uh, I'll let Chuck go. Have a guess, Chuck. What number? Give me a, give me, give me a clue, Stewie, like a clue, either a, a footy number or a, a range. Give me something. Uh, okay, Mickey McGuan. Okay, well, he kicked 592 goals, so I reckon that would have him about 34. Yeah, Mickey McGuire wore 34, didn't he? Correct. He did, correct. is it? There yep. you go. You are equal 34th. Now, this is the next question, right? And you probably Sarka's got it up on his phone, I'd say, now, but who are you equal with? What former St Kilda champion? Stephen Milne. No! <laughs> Stephen <laughs> Milne? No, you can't even put him in the same ilk as you, big fella. Who is it, Chuck? Uh, is it the big Ruvold? Oh, come on, mate. Have another go, Brenny. Uh, he's a goal, so goal's kicked. Big mitts. Oh, yeah, really Chuck. Oh, yes, Chuck. Yep. Oh, I think oh, I heard Brenny say Stewie. No, I heard him say Stewie Low. Did you hear that, Ludy? <laughs> yeah, I'm taking that. One, okay. two. Yeah, one, two, right? You're up here, Brady. It was Stewie Lowe, big buckets. Stewie Lowe, buckets Lowe, yeah. He's what a player. Right, question number four. What was Brownie's stats in his first senior game? Brownie. Yes, big fella. <laughs> <laughs> zero kicks, zero handballs, and zero marks. <laughs> uh, but I got a, I did get a free kick. And Jared Malloy ran off with the ball, and the umpire called advantage. <laughs> so, did, did, did not have a stat in your first game. You would have been just, oh. wouldn't you have been filthy that night, I reckon? Oh, mate, mum and dad swim up. Yeah, they're all excited. Mate, I was a fair him. I was a beaten favourite in the mountain yard. I sweated up that heavily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, legend, mate. Stewie, Stewie, I reckon Mary might have just turned to Sammy that night and said, all those early mornings in the gym was a waste of freaking time. Send him down to Corkers. Oh, you did right about that. <laughs> right, yeah. last question. You're up, by, uh, you're up by a couple, mate. Who wears number 16 now at the Brisbane Lions? Brownie. Yes, mate. I had the honour of handing over the jumper to young Cam Rayner, who'll be a star of the future. He will be a star of the future, mate, and you are an absolute superstar, that is for sure, and we appreciate Normally we talk for about 25 minutes with our guest, Brownie, but we have smashed 50 That's minutes for you, <laughs> big fella. <laughs> you are a champion, and, and I'm not telling a lie, we have only just scratched the surface of uh, Jonathan Brown. Before you go, Brownie, Chuck alluded to it before, who do you think the greatest centre half forward by yourself, mate? Who do you think the greatest centre half forward of all time is? I think I think Wayne Carey, um, and a 
lot of oh, not only Pat Malone there, saying Carey. It was just it was unbelievable to watch um, the way he turned the game. As a young fellow, Dad took me to a few North Melbourne games, and he said, "Just sit there and watch Carey the way he moves and the way he stands up in big moments." Um, he just had such a presence about him. And I've spoken about spoken to my old teammates about it, and Michael Voss who wasn't intimidated by anyone, but he said there was one player. You know, he remembers through his career. You always knew. You always knew where Wayne Carey was on the field. He just had that sort of aura and commanding presence about him that uh, you sort of had to have eyes in the back of your head. Yeah, freak show, mate. Hey, hey, I can't let you go, and we didn't we didn't touch on this, but I can't let you go without asking about. Uh, just tell us about Fev because uh, when he first shifted up to Brisbane, mate, I reckon he might have lived with you. Is that right? And he didn't like sleeping very much, Fev, did he? No, he lived around the corner. He's only a few hundred metres down the road, him and his wife, Alex. And it started off really well. Um, we won the first four games. so um, And the year before, he'd won the Coleman. I'd finished second. So it was a pretty good combination. Uh, well, it started off the season well. We won two on the Coleman again. Because I, I preferred playing centre forward, and he obviously liked playing full forward. But his life was spiring out of control behind the scenes with his gambling debts and... You know, when Alex took the kids back to Melbourne, that was probably four or five weeks into the season. It sort of, you know, that was, mm. it was almost like, you know, he was on death row and it was only a matter of time till the whole sort of box and dice collapsed. And, and unfortunately, from then on, our, our season sort of plummeted as well on the back of a few injuries. And it just never worked out, unfortunately, for Fev. And it could have worked out if he had been a bit more stable in his personal life, I think. But, um, he, he, he's such a talent, though, to see him firsthand and some of the things he did at training and some of those things he did on the odd occasion at the lines. You sort of look back on that with regret, no doubt about it, and think, geez, what, what could have been? But um, unfortunately, um, we'll never know. Yeah, no, it's a it's a good story. Yeah. He's kind of got himself back though, hasn't yeah. he? You know, like the, yeah, to come yeah. back from where yeah, he's you know yeah. he's on he's on op- opposition radio down in Melbourne. Obviously, you guys smash him in the ratings. You smashed him on the footy field, and he just can't win anywhere against you. Let's be honest. Oh, no, he goes right. <laughs> they, they, they go well. Like he, he was just yeah. It was uh, we had we had a lot of fun. You know, we had a lot of fun with Seb. And um, you know, I remember the, the first. The first few weeks of that season in 2010, I think we played Carlton in round one or round two, his ex-team. The gavel was heaving. 37,000 capacity. I'd never heard it as loud. You know, yeah. just the, the excitement in the town when Fev got there was enormous. So it was a real shame. And, um, yeah, it was a real shame. How it sort of, you know, it sort of fell over pretty quickly, to be honest. And he spent a fair bit of time in rehab in Brisbane and, Eventually, the club sacked him and uh, moved moved on with it. So, yeah, unfortunately, it didn't work out. But yeah, he was sort of it was it was it was a funny one with his pre-season. They they wanted to set a tone. One of the you know, Vossi was there, and Vossi was very supportive of him. But the fitness guys really almost wanted to sort of set who was straight. You know, who's the boss? And and I thought they smashed him in pre-season. They trained him far too hard for a full forward. Uh, and he not only had the gambling problems, but he broke down. You know, he had a lot of groin problems, which, you know, a full forward shouldn't get, especially Fevs. He never wanted outside the 50. You know, he shouldn't have overuse injuries. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, big fella. Anyway, yeah. yeah. 
I can relate to those when the Gabba was heaving, Stewie, because for 15 years I played shield cricket at the Gabba and the biggest crowd we played in front of us when all the Brisbane Lions come out to watch us play. That was when the Gabba was really heaving. Shield cricket with 13 people. But I tell you what, the city rowers, city rowers or the underground afterwards, that's when it really started to warm up. And didn't they, didn't they chuck when, when the Brisbane Lions, and, and we had a lot of Victorian country boys on our Correct. list, and we'd come out and we'd cheer on the Vicks when we were playing Queensland. And, and Stewie Law and all the Queensland blokes had cracked the shit. And, uh, the Brisbane Lions boys were cheering for the Vicks. That's <laughs> we fantastic. We, we loved it. We, we didn't do too well at the Gabba, so he didn't cheer for that long. Normally we were back home in three days of a four-day game. We got our asses kicked regularly at the Gabba. But uh, we did yeah. appreciate the support. Hey, Brownie, thanks heaps, mate. You've been sensational. I knew you would. We were going to be great. Thanks for your time, mate. No, no worries, boys. Great talking to you and uh, all the best to everyone back home in uh, in the ball in the southwest. Hey, Brandy, we appreciate it, big fella. Uh, you are kicking goals, mate. Love you on uh, Fox Footy, of course, uh, on the couch. Uh, you know, you're flying on the radio, mate. Uh, life is just sensational for you, and uh, it's a credit to you, big fella. I know everyone back here, and, and one thing I will say about Brandy, I've known him for a very long time. He has always been so accommodating. Uh, you know, like, whenever you needed anything, uh, he'd always do an interview for the locals down here. He'd always get involved. He'd help out any way, like jumpers for auctions. You're a champion, big fella, and uh, a lot of people don't see a lot of the stuff that you do. I know that. <clears throat> no, no, it's great, great to be on. I love being down home. Unfortunately, we sort of we didn't get the inner league up this year, Stewie, but we've had fun over the last three years with the, Bloody the mighty bottle greens, the Hampton League, and the representative football and the inner league footy, and hopefully we'll get that going at some stage in the future, but Great talking to you, Chuck and Ludie and Big Fella, and uh, enjoy the night. Uh, great Thanks, stuff. Man. Jonathan Thanks, Brown, our special guest. And, uh, wow, gee whiz, how good, how good of a chat was that? We've, we've just ticked uh, under an hour, and you could just talk to Brownie all night, couldn't you? Stewie, again, <laughs> I reckon we, we, could... try and stay. we try and stay to an hour, but I, I'm happy that this has been our show tonight because he was sensational. Ludie, country boys, and you grew up down there, I mean... Stewie, yourself, Brownie, Warnable, I've visited a few times. They're just the salt of the earth, and that, that's why we're doing this show together, three country boys. Spot on. Absolutely spot on, Ludes. Oh, definitely. Oh, we could probably do that into a three-part series if we wanted to. That's, uh, that's gold, <laughs> the amount of stories. I've still got 15 here written down from from my contacts, so we might have to get him on again at some point, I reckon. I think we might do that. In uh, three or four weeks' time, we might get the big man part on. And we might, uh, yeah, part two with Big J Brown. Uh, Ludy, have you got an impersonation for us this week, big fella? I have, I have. I, I've worked on something new again, um, so it could be very, very ugly and very pear-shaped. This but, is, uh, this I'm, I'm going to go with... With Ray Warren commentating some swimming back when he used to do the pan pack. <laughs> Big Rabsy! Rabsy Warren! <laughs> wow. This is going to be very, very special, Chuck. I, 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 he's just pulling new ones out of the repertoire every week now. I, I don't know where he's getting them from. I mean, we've run out of guests and Ludy is still going with impersonation. <laughs> so here is Tim Ludeman with his best Rabsy Warren calling the swimming. Hello, I'm Ray Warren, and welcome back to the Pan Packs. Ian Thorpe and Grant Hackett battling it out here tonight. We've got Hackett. Hackett and Thorpe, there's nothing in it. <laughs> I love it. Not that bad, Stewie, is... but I still say, not bad. I'm giving it six or seven. You know I reckon what that was go good. Is, he still goes back to a bit of Comedy. Comedy every now and every, 
a bit of committee always slips it just slips in. Chips, <laughs> I think you're just you're a bit of a Dennis committee love child man, aren't you, Ludie? Oh, I love committee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolute superstar. Now listen, uh, it goes back to you now, Chuck, uh, for next week. And to be honest, <laughs> I I do not know. Hey, you top Timmy Payne last week. Brandy, yep. sensational tonight. Uh, what yep. rabbit are you going to pull out of your hat next week, mate? Uh, I can't make any promises. I'm going to have to look. I'm going to work really hard, and I know I, I don't want him to let me down, so I'm not going to make promises. You know, there's been some documentaries on Michael Jordan at the moment. There's been oh. another one going on. <laughs> You're not getting Jordan on. for us, are you? <laughs> you what are you saying? You can get MJ. <laughs> I've given I've given LeBron a call, uh, you know, dial the field the numbers. Uh, there's only one more that I reckon I can dial. That uh, he's been on Fox this week too, probably while we're doing our show tonight. So I'll have a shot. You know where I'm going. I'll see if I can get him on, but I don't know whether we've got the money. I don't know whether the mission worry is going to be enough. <laughs> What about Brandy's little segue into the Hilux there too? <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, no, we must thank our sponsor too, Clinton Bolsh, uh, the all-new Nissan Warrior. You can jump online, Facebook. They are doing red-hot deals, and I'm serious. They uh, they sold that Nissan Warrior within uh, a couple of weeks, uh, and they are walking out the door at the moment. So uh, make sure you look them up. And we're always looking for sponsors, you two blokes too, aren't we? 100%. Always. wants to jump on. The fast-moving... Uh, we're looking and searching. As I said, Tim Payne cracked the, the thousand last week. Unreal. We've gone from zero to a thousand in eight weeks. Brand Brandy will bring up a thousand this week for sure. And uh, we're going to have to keep working through these guests as we go. It's been fun. Uh, we had a lot of other topics we need to get to tonight. We'll save them for next week, big fella. Absolutely. I think uh, I, I knew we could kind of go to a couple of different other places, but uh, the talk was just so good. And the thing that I love about Brandy, you two blokes, he's just a good storyteller, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Get him on, get him on a roll and off he goes. No, he's brilliant. Good uh, country boy. Absolutely, boys. Hey, listen, we're going to go out with, uh, well, the song he made famous on the uh, the podcast tonight. Don't forget, like, subscribe, share the potty, uh, and drop us a line if there's anything you want to uh, tell us. Give us a little yell out, give us a shout out, and uh, we're going to go with a bit of uh, Def Leppard here. Pour some sugar on me to go out with, boys. Yes. Next week, big fella, and whatever you do, do not mop the floor with your missus's hair. (laughs) Do Do not do that. Hasn't that caused a furor? Come on, that was funny, man. It was great. It It was funny. It was an absolute piss take. Yes, people are just taking things too serious now, aren't they? Politically correct. Gone mad. Hey, golf's back too, boys. Yeah, no, that's good. Dan Newman will be fishing uh, on the golf course tomorrow morning. Fishing's back for Ludie. All the boring sports, they're back. (laughs) Nothing wrong with golf. Fishing, you can leave me out of. Hey, boys, here's a bit of Def Leppard. Remember that one-armed drummer? Wasn't he a superstar? Hey, boys.